Hi guys, and welcome to another episode of Horror Nights In with your host, me, Crystal. So tonight on my podcast, we will be discussing the movie Creep. I'll be giving you my honest and horrific opinion, and if this is the first time you've heard my voice, hello and welcome. I upload a new episode of my podcast every Saturday because I have no boyfriend or husband that I know of yet. Uh, And be sure to follow me on all my social media. Um, I'm very active on Twitter, so make sure if you aren't following me, follow me there at WhoreDaddiesRS. So before we get into this evening's review of Creep, I wanted to take a minute to tell you guys that I will be going to an ugly Christmas sweater party this evening, and I don't think I've ever been to one before, so this is going to be um, interesting. I'll have to let you guys know how it goes on Wednesday because if you follow me on Twitter, you know that I am doing a 12 days of Horror Nights in Christmas special starting December 12th through Christmas Eve. And December 12th is actually Wednesday, which is crazy to me because I feel like Uh, This is just coming up so soon and I'm nowhere near ready, but it's fine. I'm going to make it happen because I'm a professional and I can do this. Um, So yes, please guys, um, make sure you tune in to my 12 Days of Horror Nights and Christmas special. I will be uh, reviewing a different Christmas horror movie um, for the days leading up to Christmas and... um, I was talking to Patrick, um, if you guys remember him from my last episode, and I was telling him that, you know, I'm not really, I don't really branch out too much into my horror, and I think the only Christmas horror movie I've ever watched is Krampus when it came out, or I'm sorry, when it was redone and and it was put into film, uh, into theaters a couple years ago. Um, So I am excited to see how this genre um, does (laughs) in Christmas. I'm excited. So stay tuned for that guys. I'm super excited. Um, also I wanted to dedicate this evening's podcast to my very dear friend, Steven, who actually just moved to the West coast. He just decided to move to Las Vegas to pursue his dreams of writing. And he and I are extremely close friends. Um, and he just packed up his car and one day and just drove across the country by himself and just started living in Vegas. And he's been there, uh, I want to say almost two to three months. Uh, but anyway, the reason I'm dedicating this episode to him is because before he left, I tried to get him to come onto the podcast because I remember he and I were having a conversation about the movie Creep and he just said that he couldn't watch it because he watched the preview of it and was just too freaked out and couldn't watch it. So uh, I did text him the other day and I said, did you watch the movie Creep yet? And he said, no, I'm still too freaked out. So I said, I'm dedicating my episode to you and I'm putting your Twitter handle in the show notes so that people can go tweet you to tell you to watch the movie Creep. (laughs) Um, So shout out to you, Steven, and please make it a New Year's resolution to watch this movie because it's pretty much perfection. So anyway, without giving too much away. (laughs) All right, guys. So I think that's it. I think I just had those announcements, the party, the 12 days of Christmas or 12 days of Horror Nights in Christmas special. And then 
dedicating this episode to Steven. So watch the movie. <laughs> All right, uh, let's get into the review. So if you're not familiar with the my episodes, uh, usually start with uh, the Rotten Tomatoes rating of the movie, the IMDb rating, and I go, give you a quick summary of the movie, and then I go into a very detailed summary of the movie. And at the end, I give you my thoughts and opinions. All right, so let's get started. So Rotten Tomatoes gave Creep a 92% with 65% of the audience liking it. IMDb gave it a 6.3 out of 10. So Creep was released September 2nd, 2015 to limited screenings with a running time of 80 minutes, directed by Patrick Bryce and written by himself and Mark Duplass. Bryce also directed Creep 2, um, and he also worked with Mark, um, which is obviously the sequel, but that is for another night and another show. They are also currently working on Creep 3, so I'm excited about that. This is Bryce's uh, directorial debut, and it was also produced by Jason Blum of obviously Blumhouse, aka one of my horror faves. Um, disclaimer, there are spoilers in this podcast. So a quick synopsis of the film. I have seen it twice, and the first time I watched it, I sat in a kind of awe once the credits rolled up. I was so confused and baffled, but I loved it. Um, and wait till the end of this podcast to hear the crazy ending. And if you know what I'm talking about, and then still wait until the end to hear my thoughts. Uh, so the movie is solely two characters. One is a freelance videographer looking for work, uh, while the other is the subject of um, the film. So it's kind of like the filmer and the filmy. Um, we then begin to see the filmy unravel and his insidious behavior comes to the surface. Uh, this movie is also a found footage film, which if you listened to my previous podcast, then you know that found footage is one of my favorites and very near and dear to my heart. Um, so we are first introduced to our main character, videographer Aaron, who's played by the director, Patrick Bryce. Um, who seems to be doing a kind of vlog-style video. He's talking about a Craigslist ad uh, that he found that simply read $1,000 for the day and traveling. Um, and he's, he's traveling very high up into the mountains, which obviously leads us to believe that he'll be secluded and alone with whoever posted this ad. Uh, I also caught the name of the town to be Crestline, which is located in Southern California. Um, and it is a real place. So when Aaron arrives, he's continuing to record, and when he gets up to the door, we see that no one is answering. He continues to knock. Um, he's kind of looking around, trying to find the per subject of the person. Um, we also know that he has zero idea if the person is a man or a woman. He then tries calling out. He gets no response. Um, so before he decides to get into his car to wait, he spots an axe in a tree stump. Um, we then get a little jump scare from Joseph, who is played by Mark Duplass, a.k.a. the other writer of the movie. Joseph immediately comes off as kind of strange considering the context of the film. Um, I also noticed he has a wedding ring on. So he starts explaining uh, that the home is their family vacation and that it holds a lot of special memories once they get inside. We also find out that Joseph is a cancer survivor. 
He had cancer in his liver that spread to his lungs, uh, but chemo was able to knock out the cancer. But then we find out that he now has a brain tumor that can't be operated on, so they gave him only two to three months to live. We also find out that he has a wife, and her name is Angela, and they've been married for six years, and she is also pregnant with their first child, and apparently this baby's name is Buddy. Um, we then find out that Joseph wants to make a video diary of himself for his unborn son. Uh, he then pays Aaron the full $1,000 uh, before they even kind of get started with their day and is just very overindulgent on their chemistry. And what I mean by that is he's very hands-on. He has zero boundaries. He has no social cues, um, which brings us right into the next scene of Joseph inviting Aaron to um, do what's called tubby time. So the scene starts with Joseph starting to remove his clothing. Um, and Aaron is obviously like, well, like, sorry. And Joseph is basically like, no, no, like, we're going to, we're going to do this. Like, we're going to get deep into this. And like, while he's removing his pants, he's like, are you sure you're not hungry? Like, are you sure you don't want a sandwich? Um, so we then move into what I like to call the creepiest fuck first tubby scene, complete with candles and mood lighting. Um, Joseph explains that he used to take tubbies with his dad. So he then starts to give his future son, Buddy, a tubby. Um, now, of course, watching this the first time, I was like, all right, this is pretty cute. I get it. Um, but now watching this a third time and knowing the truth behind this, it's super creepy. <laughs> it's just beyond creepy. So the name of this movie is very fitting. Uh, Joseph then confides in Aaron that he can't stop thinking about his impending death and pain. He then admits to con uh, contemplating suicide not to endure the pain. But then as he's saying this, he slowly starts moving further into the water. Sorry, guys, I literally just had to take out my Invisalign because it keeps getting caught. I keep getting my words caught. So I apologize for that it was a little too, too TMI, but I feel like we're on like the 10th episode now, so we're all best friends here. So anyway, um, so he's basically submerging his entire face under the water and he's not coming back up. So Aaron starts panicking and basically the strange man that he's never met before is going to drown himself in front of him. Um, but then Joseph springs his head out of the water and starts laughing. And we see that Aaron's reaction is totally him just being freaked the fuck out. Joseph then apologizes, admits it was supposed to be a joke, and that he has a weird sense of humor. <laughs> so Joseph then suggests that they get some fresh air and tell Aaron to grab a heavier jacket, which can be found in the guest bedroom. As Aaron goes to open the closet, uh, we all are greeted by a gnarly-looking wolf mask. Um, upon hearing Aaron kind of freaked out and startled, Joseph comes into the room and explains that the wolf mask's name is Peach Fuzz and how his father created him. And then we get this really weird Peach Fuzz song before moving into our next scene. So basically, uh, Joseph puts the the mask on and does this really weird dance and yeah so then we're just right into the next scene <laughs> there's a lot of cut scenes here guys so I'm, I'm going to be saying in the next scene in the next scene 
um, just because it kind of jumps from one thing. Like, it's like the beginning of the scene's okay, okay, and then it gets weird, and then it cuts, and then it goes to another scene, and it kind of just does it over and over again. Um, so now we have Aaron and Joseph going for a hike on this trail. Uh, Joseph then explains about a legend of this trail. Apparently, there's some kind of pure heart healing waters, and that is where they're headed. So they begin to... They begin their hike, and we see Joseph randomly just take off into the woods and leaving Aaron totally alone. Um, Joseph is kind of just like standing in front of him on the trail and goes, oh my god, did you see that? And then Aaron's like, what are you talking about? And then all of a sudden, Joseph just like splits off the trail and just runs runs into the woods. Um, Aaron then begins to look for Joseph, and as he does, Joseph pops out and scares the shit out of him, and they both scream. Um, so... After Aaron calms down, Joseph starts explaining um, that Aaron had a near-death experience just then. And after realizing he was safe, he had a look that he wanted to kill Joseph. So this whole encounter intrigued um, Joseph because he wanted to see how Aaron reacted when he thought he was in danger. And then realizing he wasn't in danger and basically wanted to punch um, Joseph in the face. So yeah, this guy um, is just weird. And like I said, he's just creepy. Um, then, as if this dude can't form correct social cues, he asks Aaron if when he saw the axe in the beginning of the movie, did he think Joseph was going to kill him with it? So just everything that comes out of this guy's mouth is just so strange and you're just not ready for it. Um, so as they continue hiking, we find out that uh, Joseph really has no idea um, where he's going and um, how to get back, but he's more focused on finding the heart healing water. Um, then they have like a kind of a bonding moment um, kind of in the healing waters when they find it. And at this point, I think Joseph has hugged Aaron at least five to six times. Um Joseph also stenciled J plus A in a rock with a heart around it. So it's just continuing to get weirder and weirder. Um, so then we jump into the next scene. We see that our guys are in a restaurant that Joseph has been apparently coming to for years with his family. But upon sitting down, he says, I wonder what's good here, which obviously Aaron catches and calls him out on it. Um, Joseph then kind of just like brushes it off and... Um, he's like, oh, you know, they just changed the menu since then, and it just looks a little bit different. And he's, like, raving about these pancakes. So it seems like from at this point that Aaron is a smart dude. Like, he's been picking up this guy's a little strange. So he's very, um, he's very receptive of this guy, and he's very on edge. And you can tell that he's literally just counting down the hours until it's over and that he can just go home. Um, so while they're eating, um, <coughs> sorry, excuse me. So while they're eating, um, Aaron asks Joseph if he's ever done anything he's been ashamed of. And Aaron answers that he used to pee his pants a lot. And then he kind of goes into a story about how he was embarrassed. This one time he was on the monkey bars at um, playing with his friends and he didn't want to go to the bathroom, so he peed his pants. And that was the first time he felt shame. 
Um, so now it's Joseph's turn to explain when he has felt shame. And he basically takes his phone out and starts showing Aaron pictures that he was basically watching Aaron when he first pulled up to the home. Um, and he took a series of shots hiding. Um, and so it was the beginning of the movie when Joseph, or I'm sorry, when Aaron first got out of the car and was, and was looking for him and went up to the front door. So it seems like Joseph was hiding somewhere very close. Um, and just taking pictures of him, obviously. Aaron's a little creeped out. Uh, Joseph then apologizes um, for doing this, but it's just overall a weird and strange thing to admit to doing. Um, so then, of course, we cut to the next scene. So when they get back to Joseph's house, Aaron pretty much wants to leave at this point, as anyone would, but Joseph insists on them having a drink. Aaron... Um, convinced on having this drink is once again startled by Joseph. Um, if this was me, I would just be 100% out by now. You got this dude in the middle of the woods who keeps hugging you, giving you compliments, carving your rocks and, and carving your initials into rocks, taking pictures of you, and who is continuing to hide and then scare the shit out of you at the same time. So I, I, I would bounce. I'd be like, bro, like, here's your money. Like, I'm out. Um, so as they're drinking, <clears throat> Joseph tells Aaron that he has a lot of money and wants to give Aaron some of it, but he refuses. Um, but then he tricks Aaron into looking to his boot for a check and, um, that isn't there. And at this point, Aaron is just fed up. Uh, he quickly downs the drink. He gets up to leave, but not before Joseph <clears throat> says, he's, he says, you know, I lied to you about peach fuzz. And then he asks Aaron to turn off the camera. Aaron does not. So we get to hear a very creepy, creepy story um, told by Joseph. So basically, he goes into some batshit crazy story about fucking his wife, Angela, with the peach fuzz, ma peach fuzz mask on because his wife was into animals having sex. So you guys really need to watch this movie because obviously I don't do that story justice um, because the way that Joseph tells it is just, it's just so weird. Like, um, he basically tells Aaron that he snuck into the home with the peach fuzz mask on, tied his wife up, had sex with her, and then left. And... It's, it's you, you, like I said, just watch the movie because the way that, the way that Joseph explains it obviously does it way more justice than me, but just for the sake of my podcast, obviously I had to give you a quick, a quick synopsis of him fucking his wife with a peach fuzz mask on. Um, so then <clears throat> it cuts to an outro by Joseph and he's wants to, he kind of does like a wrap up for the video. But Aaron basically cuts him off because like any other normal human being, he wants to get the hell out of there. He's over it. He's done. He's fed up. He wants to leave. Um, we then see that Aaron can't find his keys and he starts searching the house for them under the assumption that Joseph took them. Uh, Joseph is trying to get him to stay the night, even um, <clears throat> with Aaron persisting that, you know, it's a long drive back. He's got, he just wants to go home. He's tired. He needs his keys. He starts panicking a little bit, trying to find the keys. Um, 
we then see that Joseph has basically convinced him to stay by saying that it's late um, in the morning. The house will be flooded with lights. So you'll be able to find your keys. Um, and it seems that Aaron has changed his attitude a little as he pours uh, two more glasses of whiskey for him and Joseph. But then we see Aaron take something out of his pocket and pour it into Joseph's drink. And <clears throat> I have to assume it's kind of like a sleep aid. Um, he puts into the drink and he brings the, the, the two glasses of whiskey over and they clink their glasses together and Aaron basically says bottom, bottoms up and <clears throat> they both slam the whiskey and the sleep aid works pretty quickly because the next scene we see that Joseph has passed out. So Aaron, using this opportunity to get his keys, slowly unzips the front pocket of Joseph's jacket. Opening the first pocket, Aaron finds Joseph's cell phone, and just as he is about to unzip the other pocket, which we assume where his keys are, the cell phone starts ringing. Aaron then quickly runs to the bathroom, and this is where shit starts to get so fucking weird. So the person calling is Angela, Joseph's wife. But then we find out that Angela is actually his sister and is telling Aaron to leave the house immediately. We also find out that her brother has problems and that he does not have cancer. And obviously that Angela is not his wife and he's not having a child. Um, but before any more is said, the phone cuts off and Aaron gets up out of the bathroom and sees that Joseph is no longer where he left him asleep. So the purpose of this phone call was basically to, to for Angela to tell Aaron to get the fuck out of that house. And she literally said, you just walk out right now and just get away from him. Um, so now Aaron's walking around the house and trying to look for Joseph and sees that the porch, the, the back porch door is a little bit open. And of course... We have the buildup of the adrenaline running through us because we know that Joseph is going to pop out somewhere and all of a sudden Aaron goes to turn on the porch and Joseph is standing there and he's saying that death is coming and then he kind of breaks down and tells Aaron that he's afraid of dying, um, you know, only having a certain amount of time to live. But Aaron basically calls him out on the shit and says, I know you're lying. I know that you need help. I'm here to help you if you need it. Um, and then Aaron is basically trying to console him to try and get him. He just wants his fucking keys back. Um, but instead, Joseph freaks out and runs back into the house and kind of disappears. So here we are again. The adrenaline is pumping. We watch as Aaron rounds the corner and sees that Joseph has the peach fuzz wolf mask on and is blocking the front door. So at this point, Aaron is just saying, I, I, you know, I want to leave. Like you freaked me out enough. You're, you're still freaking me out. Like I'm afraid. I'm terrified. I want to go home. And this is when Joseph starts to unravel even more. He starts growling and he's like rolling his hips in front of the door and basically Aaron screams, runs at him, and the camera cuts off. So 
The next scene is Joseph outside and it's daytime and he's carrying a very, I think it was two to three heavy, large black garbage bags up a hill. He then goes out of frame and comes back with a shovel and he starts digging a hole. So we then hear Aaron's voice and the camera pans back. We see that Aaron is now safely home and is explaining what happened uh, with his last encounter. Uh, He explains how he ended up having to get his car towed and now that he's home and he assumed it was all over, but now we find out that he received um, this DVD and which obviously means that Joseph knows where he lives. (laughs) So Aaron is wondering about the concept of the video and assuming there is a body in the bags and Joseph is digging her grave. Um... So before we watch the end of the video or the DVD, Aaron takes it out, takes the DVD out, and he says, this is what I'm going to do with it, and he throws it in the garbage. Um, The next scene is Aaron waking up from a nightmare involving him and Joseph in a hot tub drinking wine, and they're both wearing peach fuzz masks. Um, So it seems that Aaron is still extremely shaken up by all of this and is quite disturbed that this guy knows where he lives as anybody would be um then we see the next scene is Aaron receiving a package from Joseph and inside is a butcher knife and another DVD um on the DVD Joseph is explaining that his last DVD was just to scare Aaron because he was mad at him um and now he wants to make amends by sending him this gift so then We find out that there's something else in the box and to dig a little bit deeper and Aaron pulls out a stuffed baby wolf. He then unpauses the video and Joseph goes on to explain, we hear Joseph's voice obviously from the DVD, he goes on to explain that a wolf is a misunderstood creature but he's also very loving but sometimes murders the things that it loves. He also tells Aaron to gut the stuffed baby wolf And inside, Aaron finds a heart charm necklace with their pictures inside. And the outside, it says J and A forever. And he shows the camera this. And it's just like, is... So then I start thinking, I'm like, is Joseph in love with Aaron? Like, I just don't get it. Is he gay? Is he into bestiality? Like, what... What, what is going on? Um, and not that there's anything obviously wrong with being gay. PCLA is a different story. But, um, and then um, we hear Aaron goes and he's going to, we hear Aaron whisper that he's going to call the cops. Um, so the next scene, we see Aaron changing his locks and trying to report Joseph to the police. But we all know what happens when you call the cops in horror movies. It literally does nothing. It doesn't do, it doesn't help anyone at all. Um, we then find out that the cabin in the mountains was just a rental and um, Aaron has zero information on it. Uh, also want to note that his front door is like one with panes, panes of glass in it so you can see inside and you can also see outside. Um, the next scene is Aaron in bed becoming more and more paranoid. He keeps having the same nightmares Um, Then we hear a loud bang and he jumps out of bed with his butcher knife and he turns on all his apartment lights very, very quickly. He's calling out for anyone in the house 
And guys, I want to take a second and explain what happened while I was watching this movie the other night that I missed the last two times I watched it. And it literally made me visibly cover my mouth and say, holy shit, how did I miss that the first time? Um, so as Aaron is facing the camera that he left on in his bedroom and he moves out of frame, we see Joseph is standing outside <laughs> of his front door. It's such a creepy scene, guys. And I literally got like chills when I watched it because I had not seen it before. And I was like, how the hell did I miss it? Um, so then Aaron goes outside that same door, obviously doesn't run into, into Joseph. And we hear a rustling sound um, coming from the side of his house. And Aaron follows the noise. He then gets to the back of his house. And we see that his garbage is tipped over. And um, all the contents inside are spilled out. So all the trash is all over the place. And Aaron blames raccoons. Um, so we then cut to the next scene. And we see that Aaron is sleeping. But the camera is being picked up by somebody. And it's panning over his body. Um, we then see Joseph's hands come into shot and he cuts off a piece of Aaron's hair. <laughs> oh my God. At this point, I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Um, so now we're back with Aaron who has discovered a new DVD, but this time it is stuck in his bedroom windows scene and it's titled my last video. So Aaron is just completely freaked out at this point because he's saying that this this window is right above where he sleeps. Um, so then we see the ultimate creepiest shit thus far in this movie. And it's Joseph um, with the first DVD and the heart necklace that Aaron threw away. Um, in his garbage is now in Joseph's hands. So we can obviously assume that it was not raccoons that had tipped over his trash the previous night. It was Joseph. Um, so then Joseph goes on to explain why he is the way he is and how he tried to seek help, but none of it worked. None of it helped. Um, he's basically explaining how he has no friends. His family doesn't speak to him anymore. And at this point, I do feel bad for Joseph, and I think he just has a mental illness, um, and he is just being mislabeled, and he's asking for sympathy from Aaron, and he asks him to meet him at Lake Gregory at 11 a.m. the next day to make amends and have closure, um, and he is showing Aaron that the place that they want to meet is totally safe, it's in a public place. He also goes on to say that he's just a sad and he's a lonely person. And uh, like I said, at this point, I, I have sympathy for him. And I say, okay, well, you know, maybe because he has this mental illness, this is why he acts the way that he does. This is why he really can't take social cues. This is why he uh, is interested in human emotions the way that he is, but he goes about it in a strange way. Um... So I kind of am like, okay, well, you know, maybe that's the purpose of this movie. Maybe it's just you're supposed to, maybe the, 
you know, Mark and Patrick just wanted you to assume that he just is, has a mental illness and he's harmless and he's just a weird dude and he's, you know, he tried to seek help but he couldn't, so I'm sympathizing with him, which obviously I think is what they want you to do. Um, so at the same time, Aaron is also sympathizing with him and is like saying like, look at his face and the camera kind of zooms into Joseph's face and he does look genuinely sad. Uh, so the next scene that we have is Aaron going to sit on the park bench um, facing towards the lake with the hills and the houses and trees in front of him. It is during the day. It is very well lit. You can hear cars in the background uh, driving. So the last scene is only a few minutes, but they're, <laughs> they're absolutely insane. Uh, we see that Aaron is facing towards the river. And then we see Joseph creep up behind him and kind of stand there for a few moments before he drops an axe between his feet and he puts on the peach fuzz mask. Aaron never turns around as Joseph slowly creeps up behind him. He swings the axe over his head and nails Aaron right in the back of the head. We then see Aaron fall over. He's slumped over on the bench now. Uh, the shot then pauses and swings toward Joseph, who obviously is watching it back. Joseph is then speaking into the camera, saying that every time he watches it, it gets better and better. And he didn't understand why Aaron didn't just turn around. Uh, we then um, hear him say how Aaron will always be his favorite and he loves Aaron the most. So then we start to see that... <laughs> <laughs> there was absolutely no reason why Aaron or myself needed to sympathize with the serial killer. <laughs> that is Joseph. Um, so then we hear Joseph's phone going off and we hear him tell the person on the other line that his name is Bill and he explains that the job is basically the same ad that Aaron answered. Uh, we then see Joseph open a closet, which is filled with DVDs and VHSs of people's names on them, like Stephen, Pool Boy, Kyle, Spring 2010, Kyle, Spring to Summer 2010, and then we see him put Aaron's DVD with a heart on it in the closet, and the door closes. So guys, like I've said in previous uh, podcasts, I don't always give the movie its creepy justice because obviously it's completely different from hearing a review about a movie than actually watching the movie. So if you have not seen this movie yet, I do urge you to go watch it even though I pretty much gave you all the spoilers. But I don't want to say that this movie is perfect because I don't believe that any movie is perfect. But this is pretty damn close to being a movie that is just in of itself so good and sticks with you for a very long time because I've had so many thoughts and I've had so many questions and I'm thinking in my head like if Aaron would have just turned around then maybe this guy would have been he could have overpowered this guy. Somebody would have seen them fighting. Something would have happened. You know, Joseph would have been arrested and then Aaron would have been totally fine. Um, but I watched a couple interviews too and 
uh, was with the director. So it was with Patrick and Mark. And um, they said they wanted to explore the strange and weird friendships that you can find off of Craigslist. Um, So obviously the ad that Joseph first posted was on Craigslist. And I just, I don't know. I think the concept of the movie is so, so good. And I think the movie, it, you know, it's so simple and there's really not too much going on. But the psychological and the chiller thriller aspect of the movie, I think, is just so good that it just stays with you for so long. And, you know, obviously I have questions because I always have questions, but it's more so, well, what if this had happened and what if this had happened? It's not so much, well, why did this happen and what's going to happen now? It's more like, well, what if somebody had been by the lake and they saw it happen? How would that have changed the movie? So I think with this movie, it's just I, I have just a different idea about it. And I think, you know, I, I was trying to come up with an ending for this. And I, and I just, it was, it was kind of hard for me because I think the movie itself just left me kind of speechless because I just thought it was so good. And I wish that more, I wish that it had gained a little bit more popularity. Now, mind you, it has great ratings and it's been on Netflix for a long time. And Creep 2 is also on Netflix. And I haven't finished that one yet uh, because I just keep going back to the original because I just, I love this movie so much. And I just found it so interesting because... I feel, and this is gonna, this is, this is just me talking here, guys. If I were to ever create a horror movie, I feel like it would be something like this. Of course, found footage, because found footage is my favorite, but also something that plays on mental illness and how it can affect somebody so significantly that they go on this murderous rampage, but they think it's okay. And he's also correlating himself as the wolf when he says that a wolf is full of love, but sometimes it kills the things that it loves. So it's almost as if, like I said, if I were to ever create a horror movie, it would definitely be something along the lines of creep because mental illness is such a strange and dark road to take. And I know that I'm kind of going off on 12 different ideas and roads here, guys. But in conclusion, I love this movie. Patrick Bryce and and Mark, they're just, it's just such a good movie. And I urge, if you love horror, just to watch this movie and just just watch it. It's just really good. And you guys know me. You've listened to all my other podcasts. I usually talk all the time and I'm literally speechless because – I just love this movie so much. And another thing I wanted to touch on is I love how Aaron got home. Because in a lot of horror movies, they're always trying to escape. They're always trying to get back to some somewhere that they're safe. So there's always places in your mind. I'm sure that you can think of like two different places right now in your mind that you feel the safest at. Mine is obviously at home, my parents' house, uh, you know, my work, um, 
So I always feel like in horror movies, if you could just get back to that familiarity, then you feel okay. And Aaron got away from Joseph. He went home and he was in his safe place. And then all of a sudden, Joseph came and invaded his safe place, which makes you feel, which obviously made Aaron feel like he's not safe anywhere he goes. And that's another mental thing that I, that I applaud them for playing on because Aaron escaped. He escaped. And he went willingly to Lake Gregory to sit there and be murdered by Joseph. So I think I, I think I just resonate with the character of Aaron because I feel like I would do the same thing. Like I would have sympathy for him and I would want to go to this place. Now, mind you, I probably would be looking around a little bit more than he did just because I would be so paranoid because I've watched so many horror movies. But I feel like I would be doing the same thing. I would be like, oh, I'm just going to go. Like most people would be like, why would he even go? But I would go so that I could so that I could talk to him and make the amends and have closure and move on. And so that I could go home feeling safe. And knowing that this chapter of this Craigslist guy is behind me. And because I also have sympathy for him and would want him to seek help. So I think I, I love that idea of the movie because, as I said, in most horror movies, these people are in places that they're not familiar of. And um, they're trying to get back to the familiar places. And Aaron escapes. And then he goes back. So I, I really urge you guys, if you're into horror and you like found footage watch this movie because and tell me your thoughts and let me know if you guys like the movie if you didn't like the movie um and tweet steven to watch this movie too because he needs to watch it <laughs> um so i think that's going to be it for this evening's episode of horror nights in uh i hope you enjoyed it and be sure to message dm tweet or email me your favorite scary movie so that i can give you my honest and horrific opinion and I am going to chill out before I have to go to this party. And um, I'm going to get myself ready for 12 days of Horror Nights and Christmas special, guys. So I will see you Wednesday. Um, well, not see you. You will, I, you will hear my voice Wednesday. Um, and we are going to start the first night of 12 days of Horror Nights in with me. So I'm excited, guys. I hope you guys are excited, too. And be sure to tweet me um, and let me know your favorite horror movie so I can give you my opinion on it. And oh, I'll see you guys Wednesday. <laughs> I'm excited. Bye, guys.